I, I really don't know what to tell you, but I'm pretty sure crabs doesn't go away on its own. Just like as a rule of thumb. Yeah, not not judging. I'm just saying. Oh, I thought you just kind of like wash them off in the shower. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. <laughs> just in case this segment makes it in, <laughs> if you're listening and you have crabs, let us know exactly how it works. <laughs> What's up, bro? What up, bro? And welcome to Brum Meets World. What is Brum Meets World? Your boy Meets World fancast. I'm Siege. And I'm TC. Okay. Um, so, TC. Where you at today? Where you at? What's going on? Um, well, I just saw an episode where I was certain um, that there was going to be a marital affair, and I was very <laughs> disappointed when that did not happen. <laughs> Did you remember this episode? Um, I remember vague parts of it, but I I don't know. I didn't remember a lot of details, and I also just didn't remember how funny it was. It was a pretty funny episode. This is a really funny episode. Now, I I'll, I'll agree. I did not um remember all the details, but I remembered this episode. I rem- like when I saw it uh, up ahead. I was like, I, I remember this, uh, and I was not disappointed. Yeah, for whatever reason, I remember this episode being worse than it was, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. I was very, very happy. And again, we're going to get into it, but I feel like we're starting to turn. I think the... Oh, no, we've already turned. Like, all the episodes are pretty consistently good at this point. Oh, that's good. Good to hear. Because I I just feel like, you know, everyone's kind of gotten their roles and, you know, it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy. If you can get through the Geography B episode, then you're good with the series. <laughs> okay, so um, let's do the Tell Me About It. Tell Me About It for this episode, by the way, is episode 12 of season one, Once in Love with Amy. The episode Tell Me About It is Corey and Eric discovered that Amy has been lying about her whereabouts. Yeah, I mean she's she's been on the low. It's true. It's, um, <laughs> I mean, it's really. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say. Um, well, I mean that's a pretty accurate description. But um, I just thought it was really interesting. This whole like what's a wrong and a right? I guess just the ethical questions that they have Corey at, figure out in this episode. I thought were really interesting um, for his age group. Anyway. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to say something very similar, which is that I find it very interesting that we even approached infidelity the way that we did. You know, it's like, I don't think you really see that in kids. We approach it with humor in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And but like, they're kind of like, well aware. They don't like the kids aren't stupid. They they have no. And the weirdest thing about this, and I'm sure we're going to get obviously we're going to get there, but Eric doesn't even seem that upset by it. And well, that blew me away. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We we could definitely get into that. But I also feel like um what was I I thinking of? Um man, it reminded me of how oh the Incredibles does the same thing. You know, like the Incredible sure. is you know, we bring up infidelity in a marriage and you're just kinda like, yo, this is a kids show, but they handle it in a way uh that you're like yeah there was a lot of interesting facets of it in this episode for sure yeah yeah okay so let's get into the episode opening scene 
All right, so we open up with Eric having his usual girl troubles uh, and talking on the phone. To uh, Kristen is her name? It's Kristen or Chris. I think it was Christy. Is- uh, I feel like it was maybe Kristen. It doesn't matter. It was yeah. it's some new chick. It's, it's one of those things, yeah. But um, I was just, I, I, I wanted to know. It's like, do you remember how often, like, because you just see him on the home landline with the cord phone. And he's been doing this, like, a lot lately. I'm just like, do you remember how long you used to, like, just spend? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And, I, I mean, obviously, by the time I was around Eric's age, it was much later. It was more common for people to have more than one phone. I don't remember having that just one one house phone oh yeah like and, and where where i was actively using the phone yeah i don't i don't really remember that but i do remember just like just being on the landline all the time or like you know having one line you know what i mean where it's like uh you would pick up the phone and someone else would... sure sure where like it could be like oh hey it's it's you know you have to call waiting whatever but i what i do remember more than anything was not being able to use the internet because of a phone conversation yes yes yes, for sure uh someone pointed out the other day that we're gonna get to the age where people don't know who tom from myspace is uh and then oh he was everyone's friend yeah yeah but they they're gonna be like adults who don't know that reference and then on top of that uh someone pointed out uh you've got mail like the movie you've got mail yeah, yeah. The entire premise is already outdated, and it's about a bookstore becoming outdated. <laughs> yeah. Also, what's really interesting, they tried to play off Tom Hanks and Dave Chappelle as best friends in that movie. What? Who? What? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they're best friends in that movie. Ah, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> it's, it's strange. <laughs> Different times, 98. Different times. Okay, so going back into it, um, <laughs> Eric tells Corey, uh, you know what the main difference between guys and girls is? Girls want commitment. Guys want girls. Uh, and what do you think about Eric says some, yeah, he, yeah, that seems like something Eric will say. Yeah, it does. I mean, like, uh, we, we don't have to really get into it because, you know, opinions, stuff like this. But this is like, we start to see Eric's. I'll say bad advice or like, I don't know his little one-off pieces of wisdom that I I think he's just supposed to kind of just be like the Danny Zuko of the show where he's just kind of like this lady man who just kind of says like these like cool guy comments, but all of them just sound super misogynistic. Well, of course look at Eric and look, this is the nineties. Remember we have so many male issues at that point in time, Uh, but I only like it because, uh, Corey's like, what's wrong with commitment? Uh, and his response is, you are so 11. And I, I have to admit, like, as someone who spends a lot of time talking to his female friends about fuckboys on Instagram, uh, we haven't really come that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is a real sign of the times. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alan comes in with a rose. And, uh, you know, he clearly... Which he stole from Feeney's garden. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it was on his side of the fence. So this one belongs to him. And you know what? As we were saying earlier, as far as Alan and Feeney's little territory turf war goes, this is Alan's rose now. Uh, Amy comes in and she's like busy. You were like busy being a mom. I just like she's all over the place and she's rushing. And it's oh, I think she's like a super mom in this scene. I think she's like she's coming in. She's making sure so and so has what they need, and she's taking you know 
preparing lunches and getting ready for work and just taking care of everyone all at once. And I think she's just like the ultimate mom in that moment. No, no, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's really funny because in the scene, it's kind of played like Alan's feelings are hurt that, you know, he keeps trying to get in for a hug with Amy and she's busy. And it's like a dude. I'm like, maybe if you helped her out with any one of these things that uh, she she would have time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe she would want help more than a rose. Exactly. Because he's literally just standing there while she's pulling stuff out of the oven. She keeps calling Morgan. No one's moved to go get Morgan. Um, she, she, You know, she was like looking for a briefcase or something. I don't remember all the details. It seems like Alan made Maybe needs to learn what Amy's love language is. Oh, oh let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have you done your love language? Oh, of course. I mean, uh, I've done mine too. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it, that's a pretty <laughs> common thing for people our age to have done, right? Ah, uh, well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> yeah, well, let us know on Brownie's World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns into, what's your love language? Okay, um, but uh, turns out that, you know, while she's going everywhere and doing everything, they get a call, babysitter can't make it, um, and she, you know, mom has her bowling league, and dad has his manager meeting, um, so Amy's just like, you know what, I'll call someone else, and Eric's like, uh, don't worry about it. I got it. Um, and this kind of sets up, again, they're using this intro to kind of set up the rest of the episode. Sure, sure. And everyone leaves the kitchen, finally. And, you know, Morgan comes down and she's like home alone. And it's a little bit of Morgan cuteness. And, and that's the end of the opening credit. Yeah, the big takeaway from this is that we established that Wednesday nights, mom has bowling league and dad, dad has his manager meeting on Wednesday. So that's that's really the whole purpose of this whole opening. Exactly, this is nice thing. All right, and then we do our opening theme song. Shoot me in the face. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I don't know. Maybe it was because I was hungover. Maybe it was because I don't know. But like, actually not hungover because I didn't drink, but I was tired. And for some reason, this time it bothered me the next time it didn't bother me but this time it bothered me oh it's slowly driving me like actually <laughs> insane <laughs> okay um theme after the theme song we open up in class and Feeny gives us a math problem and he gives us this problem um that from the get-go i don't know if you picked this up I knew right away. I was like, "Oh, this is this is a pretty challenging." Pro- like, this this is like a, a trick question. It seemed like he had something up his sleeve when he was saying it. Well, you know, I I went into this very blindly, and I was just like, "All right, you know, there's gonna be a message," and I was waiting for the message to you know be told or whatever it was. I knew that they were tied to an overall meaning, uh, but I honestly didn't think that much about the math problem until later on, and then I like tried to solve it. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but while he's giving the math problem out, we get a rundown of like all the students' approaches. Corey, of course, interrupts the class and he's like, I know the answer. Um, and you know, Feeney's like, a, you know, think about it. I want you to think about it. The whole purpose of this question is for you to think about your answer before you give it. And Corey's like, I already know it. It's seven. And Feeney's like, you're wrong. And him and Feeney have like a little funny back and forth about knowing the way that each other's going to uh, react or what they're going to say next. Well, yeah, they're basically saying the same thing in unison after a certain <laughs> yeah, exactly. after a certain while. Again, the the whole thing is these two are predictable, and they uh, they know each other well enough uh, to know uh, what they're going to do next. Can, can I just say, um, obviously, like 
I don't know how you felt about that. I felt that Minkus stole every scene that he was in in this okay, episode. So we're about to get into this, and I love that you said this because the real the only reason why I love that you said this is because I literally taught. Um, I wrote a note to myself that this is why uh, the guy who plays Minkus was so memorable. Like, think about yeah. it. He is in one season of Boy Meets World. And, and everyone knows him. And, and from, like, the least memorable season, people yes. still know Minkus. They know Minkus like they know Urkel. Like, it's exactly. not, not maybe as popular, but that name just instantly is like a screech. Like, it just, it fulfills that stereotype in people's heads. Yeah, correct. And and as you said, he's on the same level as Screech. And Screech is in, what I'm saying is all of these characters are in the entire series. Minkus... Sure. Season one, and he makes another cameo appearance later in the uh, series, but that is it. But he does such a good job at his character that he is... He has a scene later on where he kind of loses his mind, where I was just like, damn, they should just call this episode The Minkus Show. Like, this dude is insanely talented and entertaining. He kills it in this episode specifically. I was so, so excited because it was like, they... They have the chemistry down. These children are great at their craft. Uh, I have yeah. adult comedy. Oh, sorry, adult comedy shows who get this back and forth and this pacing this well. Yeah, these kids just instantly just have fantastic uh, comedic timing. Even like, I think Sean is getting so much funnier. Yes. In the- so they're, they're learning what to do with all the characters and Sean like again I, we're gonna get into it a little bit later but like the beats that they hit is just like yeah. one two one two and it's just like ah oh, it's a, it's a great rhythm I wonder how much of that is um the kids and how much you know one of the the uh, things about this show that's kind of uh not something that happens a lot in television is that pretty much this entire season was directed by the same director. Um, all the episodes was Danny trainer, I think is his name. Uh-huh. Um, so I think there was something to that. Like whenever you hear the cast talk about, they always reference the director and how like big of a part he played into the show and their, in their chemistry and everything. Um, so I, I'm sure there's things going on behind the scenes that help that comedic pacing come across so effortlessly. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. I also like, I guess I just give credit to Ben Savage because, like, he... Or I give credit to all of the child actors because when I look at Ben Savage, he does it so well and it's so naturally him and he's always kind of been this way that I assume that they just found people who could work well. Sure. But anyway, we get, we go into it and uh, kind of set us up. Minkus, of course, interrupts, which, you know, we would expect from him at this point in time. And he says he knows the answer and he goes into this long, loud explanation of what he thinks uh, is the correct answer to this problem and Feeney tells him that he's wrong too yeah and it's just good to see I mean this is the first time we see Minkus get anything wrong and we see his reaction to it and we see Sean's reaction to it and their reactions are so great for the the dynamics that's been built between their characters just Sean reveling and finally seeing Minkus be wrong and Minkus just like not even able to compute that being wrong is an option for him it was just it was a funny dynamic here's the thing go back watch that scene look at the kid 
kid who is sitting behind Minkus in the shot, he is acting like he is acting so great for like you believe that he is in this class and that Minkus has never gotten a question wrong. I was just so amazed at like this extra in the background who is like killing it. He's just killing it. He's killing his role. And he literally has like a look of surprise and amazement and just Again, like Sean Revel in the fact that Minkus has gotten a, a question wrong. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you, kid. You only got one shot. <laughs> not miss your chance. He did not miss his shot. Um, but, of course, Minkus is like, can't handle it, as you said. And he's just like, you know, he gets up and leaves and goes to the nurse. Which, a bit of an overreaction. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sean's like, Minkus, you're wrong. Corey's like, I've been waiting to hear those words since preschool. Um, so again, we get a little bit of this this uh, history being built between all of the characters. Um, and then Topanga channels an Egyptian spirit uh, to give her the right answer. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about Topanga this? Topanga is... Like, we understand that Topanga is supposed to be, like, a bit of a, you know, an off-the-wall character. She summons a spirit in this episode. <laughs> weird, yes? Like, o- overly weird? Yeah, very weird. And it's also really funny because I was thinking, like, from a realistic standpoint, if she started to do this, it's like, a what was her motivation by it? Even if she did think she was, like, channeling something, you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, where her mind went to where being loud and interruptive was, like, the way to go uh, to get this answer. I, I just, I don't know, like, if I were a teacher in the classroom and I saw <laughs> a kid who basically looked like they were having an in the middle midst of an exorcism i i don't know what i would even respond to that nonetheless if they actually produced the correct answer that would that kid would scare the bejesus out of me <laughs> feeny's been doing this for a while so i you know i just always credit to feeny being like uh no if a, if a kid has like access to spirits that's a six cent situation you need to get out but the reason why i love this is because they bring it back and it's so done um and I just I love the the comedy of it, but also when uh Corey approaches her, uh she growls and he's just like good demon. And again, it's just like uh Ben Savage being a really good in his character. Was that a Ghostbusters reference? The growl and the good demon? I don't know. Could be. I haven't watched uh Ghostbusters in quite a while. It seems familiar when they said it. I, I maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Okay. Um and then Feeny, before we change scenes, Feeny reminds them all that Topanga got the answer right, but Minka's got the answer wrong, and to use that to search for the correct answer. Um, so it's kind of like it's kind of like an assignment, but we don't get like a, a complete. Yeah, he doesn't really assign anything, even though we see Corey and Sean like desperately trying to figure out this problem later, as if it's homework. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. In the next scene, the very next scene, the boys are in Corey's kitchen using these dolls to visualize the math problems. And I was like, kudos to them for taking homework seriously. I mean, even if you want to say that Feeney was like, he gave this as an assignment, they still took out props. They are trying to figure this out. And I was like, Corey goes above and beyond when he's actually curious about something. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's the thing. He's always tried when it's mattered to him. Yeah, when it's mattered to him, uh, which I think is a great case study of like uh, 
individuals like that with minds like that. Well, I mean, and I think it's true that that's the reason why Feeney gives him so much crap because he knows that if Corey actually puts effort into it, he'll you know succeed and you know go above and beyond what even Corey thinks he's capable of. Um, so that's why it frustrates Feeney so much to see him just kind of you know making these jokes and you know sneaking like you know headphones in to listen to baseball games. All that stuff just annoys Feeney so much because he sees what Corey could be. Yeah, uh, and then while while we're in the kitchen working on this math problem, Sean just can't let go of Minkus's reaction. Uh, He's relishing it. It's that same like weird <laughs> serial killer vibe he got when he was messing with Minkus's lunch in a while. Yeah, episode. exactly. Just that, like he he's just obsessed. It's like Lex Luthor talking about Superman. Like but- he just. No, I think it, I think it has a lot to do with what we're gonna hear from Sean a little bit later, which is that Minkus is just everything that Sean isn't, um, and I think there's just something about knowing that Minkus is human and is flawed as well that really gets Sean through the day. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, finding out his his enemy is fallible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same thing with Lex Lauren and Superman. It's just like, a, oh, what? You have a weakness? Oh, man. I'm going to exploit this. Loves it. Loves it. <laughs> All right. So then we have um, the, the question again is raised. What is the difference between Minkus and Topanga? And before we can really sit on that, Minkus just shows up completely just disheveled uh, at the back door. One of the things that kind of caught my attention uh, during the scene is that I, I guess because in the classroom setting, they're usually sitting down. Um, it seems like Minkus is so much younger than Ben and um, Ryder in this in this episode, in the scene. Just, I guess from a height difference, I don't know. He just seems like he's a little bit younger to me. Is he? I just thought like I think that's post. Sorry, supposed to be part of his um, character. Because, you know, he's going to hit puberty a little bit later and these boys are, you know, again, I just I just wrote it off as that. Sure. No, and I I think they purposely casted him to look a little smaller, but I wonder if there's an actual age difference amongst the actors. I just looked it up and um, Ryder Strong and Ben Savage, they're both Ben Savage is 37 now. Uh, Ryder Strong is 38 and Lee Norris is 37. Oh, wow. Okay, never mind. Oh, sorry, hmm. thirty-six. So, uh, yeah, it's like they have one age, one year age difference between everyone. But that yeah. would explain the huge difference between um, Lee Norris and Ryder Strong in this episode. Sure, yeah, yeah, Are, that seems really noticeable to me. Yeah, which again, I'm gonna, I'm totally gonna was going to mention that um, we're starting to get older. Everyone's starting like puberty is in fact hitting. Well, Ben is going to actually be the most noticeable one because eventually Ben becomes taller than Sean, like noticeably taller than Sean. But it just slowly happens over the course of like three or four seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like Sean is taller right now. He starts to do his little hair thing, I'm noticing. Yep. That that very famous little like flow with the hair. He's starting to do a lot more often. Uh, and Corey's uh, head doesn't look like a baby's head anymore. <laughs> And then also um, something that they kind of get into, you know, I think it's in a uh, in the next episode, but uh, they start to refer uh, to the way Sean smells uh, a lot more often as well. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's like a, a life imitating art or art imitating life or whatever that is. But yeah, they start to just put that in the script a lot more. 
well, we're just learning more about him, and he's part of his character is that he's kind of, you know, disheveled. <laughs> yeah, well, but the person disheveled right now is Minkus, and uh, he's having... Who is killing this scene, yeah, by the I way. Wrote, my note is, this scene is perfect. The fast-paced dialogue, the character interaction, they just do phenomenal. And I also loved seeing him just fall apart because yeah. by having this person like, and this is one of my complaints about Minkus in the past was that he just seemed like this perfect character. Like there was no <laughs> flaw to him. And so just even just as a viewer to see that, you know, this person who's always right is falling apart is, is interesting. But from Corey's perspective, like by having the person who's always right in Corey's world uh, be wrong, it challenges Corey's perception of what's right and wrong. Which yeah. kind of leads to the you know, like conclude, conclusion about, you know, maybe there isn't always a right answer. Yeah. All right. So I just want to, like, read off this little interaction of this scene because, to me, it's hilarious. Mikas comes in and he's com- completely just out of his mind. He's just like, uh, uh, correct answer, Mr. Mikas. Mr. You've got it right, Mr. Mikas. He's just like, that's who I am. And now I'm like this brainless, pathetic moron without a clue. And then Sean's like, that's eh, not so bad. Which, again, told me of, like, where Sean sees himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then he goes, he's asking Corey, like, what's the answer, Mr. Matthews? And Corey's like, look, I told you what my answer is. It's seven. Yeah, seven, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. And, and just, again, his, re- his ability to answer that way with this, like, crazed person in front of your face is what makes Corey h- hilarious and fun to watch. Um, well, they just seem to have, like, they're th- regardless of Minkus, who's, like, just kind of losing his mind right now. The two of them are just like, oh, whatever. It's just Minkus being Minkus. Like, they don't seem elevated emotionally by his emotional state at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, but I I, I still think that that's uh, worth noting because there are other... And later in the episode, we'll see Corey become his more manic self. Uh, and to watch him, like, keep it cool and be comedic right now is just very fun to me. Totally, totally. Oh, and then, all right, so you also have the little beats of, like, uh, he's like, well, what am I, Minkus is like, well, what have I become? And Sean's like, a brainless, pathetic Mordheim. We've been over this. Um, and he goes, when? And Minkus is, they were like, we just went over this ourselves. And he goes, well, they say the short-term memory is the first to go. Corey says who? Minkus, I forgot. And he just leaves. And it's like a. Yeah, that's, a that's, that's a. That's a pretty cheesy joke, but that's pretty great. I loved it. I just loved that. But um, bum. It's very sitcom, and uh, it, it was great and well done by the kids. Oh yeah, they sold. I mean, the, again, their their comedic pacing is is uh, along with the writing is really shining through in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, so after Minkus leaves, Sean explains that he's staying for dinner because his mom was looking over her liver cookbook. And uh, Corey's like, no, your mom has bowling league tonight. And Sean's like, no, that's been over for like six weeks. Uh, and then like right as yeah. he says that. Why, <laughs> why, why would he say that? I wonder. <laughs> Amy enters and she has like her bowling bag. And she's like, oh, got to get ready for bowling. You know, I'm heading out. And uh, they're like, see, I told you she's going to bowling. And she runs upstairs to say goodbye to Morgan. And the boys... Uh, check her bag and they see that it's filled with a, a dress and some high heels. Okay, so when you saw this, did you did you remember that 
like who she ends up with. Yeah, well, again, I told you, I remembered this episode. Um, so I, I knew exactly how this was going to um, go out. But I also, uh, I was a little distracted because she had bright red pumps and a black dress. And I was like, what? Where, where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> like, again, that shows you my level. Of, <laughs> that's what I was distracted by. But continue. I just, I, I just loved, because um, I, I kind of realized that, like, what was going on just because i kind of remembered um a little bit as i saw the episode but i just love that amy was kind of lying to her kids because i feel like parents lie to their kids all the time and that's not something we always see on on television absolutely um and i do like where we're headed with this all right so but in the meantime amy's coming back downstairs and we've just seen the boys like pick up the bag and figure figure out there's nothing in it and that she has like this dress and these shoes and she comes back downstairs and she's like oh my god this bag is so heavy and <laughs> it's just like that added bit of drama where it's like why did you even have to lie about that no one was even like yeah no she was lying about things that no one was gonna like check her on <laughs> yeah so it's like you know just her commitment to the role but uh um, uh, this is when Eric. Which, by the way, Go she's too good of a liar. Yeah. And if that's the case, like, yeah, she's like suspiciously good at lying. He's committed to it. Um, Eric's you like, can't trust uh, anything she says from now on. <laughs> Eric's like, maybe this isn't as bad as it looks. And Sean's like, it looks pretty bad. And Corey's like, uh, as bad as liver. Like, uh, yo, you, <laughs> you want yeah, to get gone if you <laughs> <Yeah>. want. <laughs> Um, but I also think it's very interesting because we know, especially in the future, uh, about Sean's home life. So the fact that it's Sean who's kind of like asking these questions and stoking this fire. Because uh, he knows the questions to ask. Exactly. And he's like, a, is there trouble in paradise? And Corey's like, of course not. My parents are happy. Uh, well, we we. I won't, I won't say it, it could be because Sean has experienced it, or it could be because Sean wants an abnormal amount of television, which we're also going to comment on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, that completely makes sense. I'm just saying it's, um, <laughs> it was a very interesting thing to me that they had Sean be the one to ask these questions. Sure, sure, sure. And I also just really thought it was interesting to have Corey and Eric just as siblings, just being like, is our parents' marriage okay? I don't really have siblings like that, but I have to imagine that I, there's always going to be one point where like a sibling might say to another, like, hey, are mom and dad going to be all right? And I just thought that was a really human moment for to have in this sitcom. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They do it together. And we, we've talking, we're talking more and more about them doing different pairings. And uh, I think in the last episode, we had them paired up kind of for the first time as siblings. And this time we have it as well. And I just I'm noticing the different ways that they're mix and matching the cast. And I think that's uh, I think they're experimenting. and It's really fun. Well, we're seeing Sean, Eric, and Corey together. I think maybe for the first time that they all had like an extended scene together. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting about this and that the commentary, the cast commentary, they talk about this, that Eric and Sean hardly have any scenes together throughout the series because they consistently make each other break. Ah, <laughs> that makes sense. Because, you know, especially later in the series, they both are just like the point of comedic relief in every scene. So I could totally understand why, like, they just would not be able to be in a scene together. I guess, yeah, and I guess they even had a, at one point request that the writers try to put them in a scene together, and they, like, <laughs> hardly made their way through it. <laughs> that makes me so, so happy. Um, 
Okay, but like this is where we get a little bit of like Eric's nonsense theories, where he's like, uh, Eric's like, are they or is or is Dad the one who's happy? Did you see this morning where you know Dad was trying to like give her a hug and she just was like dismissive and they start overanalyzing Amy's behavior that we saw earlier in the episode. So like right after that is when uh, Sean suggests that they do, uh, he's like, have you not watched NYPD? You got to tailor. Yeah. So he's the one who's like, you guys need to tail them and you need to see what's going on. Like I'll like, I'll hang back. I'll watch. I don't know if you like suggest to watch Morgan. I don't no, really like, know how that like Corey, Corey goes, you, um, you stay with Morgan, and we're going to go take a bus uh, to this restaurant that we know Mom's going to be at uh, and see if we can figure out what's going on from there. So you and your brother, it's Philadelphia. It's at night, and you're taking like a bunch of city buses to go to this bougie restaurant downtown? Yep. yep. <laughs> that seems pretty shady, right? Yeah, no, it is. Um, but And... and what they what they've done here, which is we're going to explore in the next episode, and talking about what we just talked about, they pair Sean up with Morgan, which is another pairing we haven't had before. Yeah, it's very interesting, just considering how their two characters are written. Um, I also don't know that I would trust Sean with Morgan if I'm being a hundred. Yeah, no, I mean, like I think again, that's kind of the point. Uh, well, he's he's teaching her how to play poker yeah in the next scene uh wait right before we we get to that scene i just want to say the little line of Corey being like if i die on this mission find out the answer to that car problem and have to panga channel it to me and that's just like a great it's a great callback and it's also sure. like a, a great ben savage line and it just it it keeps us on track of the car problem but at the exact same time kind of shows where uh cory how, how Corey believes Topanga's, um, I, I guess you call them superpowers or whatever. Well, I mean, I think he just understands that she is just of a whole other level. Like, exactly. He doesn't understand it, but he knows <laughs> that she is not of this earth. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I just thought it was funny. Um, all right. So in our next scene, Sean is, in fact, watching Morgan and he's teaching her how to play Morgan. And uh, she's winning. She's got a full poker. Life. Yeah. Teaching Morgan how to play poker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Alan comes home and he's like, uh, uh, it's 1015. Why are, why is Morgan up? And <laughs> where is everyone? And Sean's just kind of like, uh, oh, you know, the boys are at the library. And <laughs> he's like, uh, the library that closes at nine. And he's like, no, 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 the other one. Sean is just terrible at lying at this point in time, which is uh, also very unusual which, for Sean. Or is that like a character trait of Sean's? I can't remember. Well, I do. One of the things I, I noted about this scene is that uh, they're playing a poker, and Morgan has a full house, and then she does like an Olsen twin shout out. Yeah, she goes, "I love those Olsen twins." Um, they're on the same network. That's <laughs> that's, that's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is. Again, like we're we're hitting the same demographic here. I think it was like what back to back or something like that. No, I if I well depending on the year, I think it was split up by Family Matters. Uh, but Full House, it was actually no because they moved them to Tuesdays after they got popular. All right, this is this is unimportant. Say, you know what, you guys don't. <laughs> I'm not even going to at you. I think you know this, and that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Alan isn't buying it, and he's like, yo, I'm going to put Morgan to bed, and you and I are going to have a little chat. And I like that Sean's like, is this one of those, like, 
bonding chats? He's like, uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and it's nice to just see Sean just being a part of the family. And we saw this earlier when Alan just took Sean fishing, just the yeah. two of them. Um, that we're just, I mean, it's now normal for Sean to just hang around the Matthews house. We don't even question it as viewers. Exactly. And uh, I really like that as well. I mean, of course, we have the uh, the foresight to know how how close and how long he's going to be there but it's it's a, just a great uh thing and a great relationship to have um with family members like this or extra characters like this sorry sure sure okay so um right after we we uh alan goes upstairs the boys come in and Corey and eric have come back and they're just like uh they did see amy she was at the club she was dancing with this mystery man and they're just they both don't know what to do with this kind of information. And again, Eric doesn't seem that upset by it. And I think that's what kind of shook me as weird when watching this was that the entire time he's just like, you know, we have to tell dad, we have to tell dad, but he doesn't seem upset at all. Well, I think I think the way I interpreted it um, anyway is that Eric is being the older brother right now he is being the calm one because a he doesn't have all the answers and b Corey is freaking out you know what i mean and he's freaking out in the best way exactly and it's like they can't both freak out but um they decide that they do have to tell alan and they just don't know how they're going to start and eric sorry sean's like you know i'm always here for you guys but i'm sitting this one out and, and he leaves Alan comes downstairs and he's like, hey, where were you boys? And they're like, look, we have to tell you something. And this is where like Ben Savage just nails his role. And what will be to me. Well, Ben keeps doing this thing where he's like, um, you know, mom's with another guy. And she, he, he, <laughs> he keeps trying to stop himself from saying that. So his mouth is, is covered by his hands. And you know that the moment his hands come down, he's going to shout mom was with another guy yeah. and so eric is trying to be like yo dad um so we took all these city buses and we went downtown <laughs> which alan does not seem upset over at all and i feel like that would be what i would be most upset over i think he's trying thing. to figure out what's going on with them. i think like as a parent you want to know why like it's not like they probably didn't get punished for it or talked about it later it's like in well, the i mean home... they made it a home safe clearly yeah, but exactly. still i i just feel like that was something that he i would have been as a parent a little upset over but um and the entire time like ben's mouth is covered and then eventually i think alan pulls his hands down is that what happens yeah, alan pulls his hands down a little bit and Corey is just like mom was with another dude and covers her mouth covers his mouth up again and then it's just like this co um, consistent comedic thing where whenever uh, Corey feels overwhelmed, he says something again, shouts it out, and then his, puts his hands back over his mouth. Uh, <laughs> and it's just kind of like the, um, the exclamation point to whatever Eric was just saying. And as far as just like like comedic timing, I feel like Ben Savage again is being such a rock star. Like I feel that his performance, like I don't know, like if you can imagine like a young like Ross Geller, maybe just like as far as just the energy behind the performance. I don't. I don't think that's like selling Ben Savage short because like in this. And, and uh, yeah, I and that's that's I probably that's probably not a great example, but I just I I I, I guess what I was just trying to say is that I've seen. 
adult actors not give the same energy and commitment or maybe give you know uh, on caliber to what this 11 year old exactly i you know what i just thought of i think it's more of like george costanza like the george costanza panic or like that sure like uh, yes. i keep thinking that's closer to george it. scream i was in the pool i was in the pool and like this is like exactly how ben savage sells his panic and his restraint and then even at one point in time you know he just keeps repeating mom was with another dude mom was with another dude and, and i think what made me think of ross was the um um when he freaks out over the sandwich being eaten. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 can, right. I think that's what I was hearing when Ben was saying. You're right, you're right. I, and I can I can see that one. But it reminded me of, uh, sorry, there's the little bit where uh, Ben breaks his pattern by being like, what do I have to paint you a picture? And yeah. you know, it's just like, a, it's, it's great and classic Corey. And I think that this is like the beginning of us seeing Corey's... Um, panic behavior because again in the series it'll just become like this thing where Corey can't handle really big news and this is like the first time i remember seeing it well the, and to me this is like in order to have a great leading man you need a leading man who's the everyman but also someone who's super charismatic like i've seen a lot of tv shows where these like um, the surrounding cast outshines the leading man, like uh, in like How, How I Met, I Met Your Mother. Yep. Yeah, it's a classic <laughs> situation where just everyone else was just so much more interesting. But Ben is able to be just just as crazy as everyone else. He's able to be super sincere and have these heartfelt moments as well. He's just an incredible talent that they found for the show. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and then right after we're doing this whole little bit of scene. Uh, comedy uh everyone hears amy pull up and alan's like oh well you know i've, I've got to talk to your mother uh and you know the boys are just kind of like f- trying to figure out what they're going to do and eric's like you know i'm here for you dad <laughs> and i think you know honestly i think another very interesting point to this in this scene and even your point of eric being not upset is like eric is on his dad's side, um, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? But they don't even really seem mad at their mom. Well, again, I think it's uh, it's not that they're not mad. I think, A, they just don't have all the answers. And then, B, as I said, in their mind, even if like this has happened or if this is what's going on, Eric is on his dad's side. He's there for, for dad. Sure, sure. Okay, uh, and Alan goes into the back, and it turns out Alan is the mystery man. Um, so they just saw Alan with Amy. They didn't get a good look of him, so technically Amy is the only one who got caught. And this was like the parents' way to get away from the kids and, and have a little romance. I thought it was really cute that they had like the secret date night thing. Like I thought that was a cool storyline for them to have. Oh, and just absolutely. to show that just like parents like – actually have to work on their romance as well. Um, it, it seems like in other sitcoms, like I, I thought of Step by Step, how like uh, Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy always had this like kind of steamy romance, but it didn't seem to be like stemming from any actual effort. It just seemed to always be around. Um, and it just seemed unnatural. Like this seems to like more realistic, I guess. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And uh, one thing that we, we've said before, and um, I think is a very good point, is this show is really great at portraying a realistic 
um, group of parents. Uh, yeah. But well, I, I, idyllic, but still realistic. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. But I'm just saying that the way specifically Amy in this series so far, and this is kind of like one of the first times we've gotten a parent centric uh, storyline. Sure. Sure. Uh, especially one that doesn't center around Alan, you know, and his job. But um, this well, is, I was going to say, this is like our first real Amy storyline, isn't it? What's the yeah. Last well, I was thinking like, we had the little thing with uh, Morgan and black, black, no take back. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you're right. It's just like, I was just thinking that the way that they portray Amy in this series and she is so realistic. She's not ideal. She's not the perfect mom, um, but she's invested in her kids. She does everything she can. Uh, and she's a loving wife and she loves her husband. And that's just one of them. They constantly go back to, she has great wisdom and it's not like, um, to me, it's not um, full house wisdom and it's not, you know, everything's going to be okay with them. She's almost always the one who's just like, oh, look, that's life. <laughs> well, and I also love that it seems like her and Alan are just having fun with it. Yeah, exactly. So she goes upstairs and because in the very next scene, after we find out that it was Alan, the boys have been looking and they are trying to see what's going on with their parents. And Corey's Corey's freaking (laughs) out. He's like, mom's gone. We'll never see her again. And that's when Amy comes into the room. And, uh, you know, Eric's like, are we still a family? Are we an after school special? And she's like, she immediately doesn't even play into it. She's like, look, I was dancing with your father. Uh, and their have- reaction here is amazing, <laughs> by the way. Because yeah. both of them are just like, that's not her father? Exactly, because they're so committed to the idea that she was cheating. Uh, and she's like, look, I love being a mom, but I'm more than that. And she's like, a, um, which I love. I love that we're seeing like a... Uh, 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 television sitcom mom just be like yo i'm more than a mom like i I have a career i have a relationship like i'm i'm a three-dimensional character exactly and that's what i'm saying it's like they do really well with amy um i you know we are doing a really big disservice by not having a female voice in here but i just think that um i would love to see what other women and uh, and what girls think about um amy's character because i personally she's really well written and she's not used enough but when she is used it's it's a plus yeah i would like to see more of her and it's a shame because i feel like after season one they switch more to the school setting instead of the home setting so i see i I wonder if we get more amy storylines down the road that's a very good point um and i i can say i do remember alan's storylines but i really don't know how many Corey, sorry Corey and amy are amy only storylines we get well, the, the only one i really think of is that time she went back to school and had a class with eric is the one, one of the only ones that really comes oh, to mind oh yeah that's right uh oh, i'm looking forward to that okay moving forward um uh her, she she no, notes that her and alan try to keep their relationship fresh and steamy yeah uh, you know she's cory like, does not want to hear it yeah but like it's how great is this she's like a, you know we do a little role play we do a little and i again i think this is very adult but it's fantastic to see on tv a very loving couple who as you said has to put effort into it yeah and it's just it, again it's 
good for the kids to see, I think. Yeah. And yeah, and understand that it's not just effortless. Um Corey kind of Corey points out that he's like, look, I it sounds to me like you were were lying and you were trying to get away from us. And Amy's like, that's because you're a kid and you see everything in black and white, but uh adults know that there's gray area. Um, yeah, she she says like um, when you're an adult, you realize ev- not everything is as simple as right or wrong, exactly. which I you you could tell like makes like Corey doesn't understand it, but he learns it. Yeah, I guess exactly, and and that's a very good way of putting it. He doesn't understand it, but he does uh, learn the lesson. Um, and I think what's even funnier is he he comments and he's immediately like, "Does this make sense to you?" To Eric, and Eric's like, "Of course it does. I, I'm an adult, and I don't think it really does. But either way, oh. it, I think it it shows Corey's maturity that he's still willing to question it. You know? Sure, absolutely. He doesn't just accept it as fact. So that that's fantastic." In our next scene, we are back at school, and Minkus is having, like, a, a beautiful no. moment. <laughs> what Minkus is doing, we come back to class, Minkus is doing MIT graduate-level calculus. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing in the sixth grade? It what? makes no sense. And look at that chalkboard and tell me that he's in the right class. Well, according to even this particular episode, it's not like that's the level of math he always does. It's like this was his moment. He just- covers time travel siege time travel yeah but he stumbles upon it he didn't go into it like like every other sixth grader (laughs) (laughs) okay uh but as soon as he uh the class begins feeney comes in reminds us all of the math problem um which uh, i just made a note here i don't know if anyone solved it but it's like al washes the car in six minutes fred washes the same car in eight minutes how long does it take them to wash the car together seven (laughs) (laughs) and uh Corey is like, you know what? I know why you gave us this word problem. Um, He's like, you want us to to stop thinking like kids and start thinking like adults um, because we need to think differently. And that's how Topanga knew the answer because she thinks differently, uh, very differently. (laughs) And that is ultimately the difference between her and Minkus. So we get the answer to that question, even though we don't necessarily get an answer to the math question. Well, and you also have to remember that she didn't actually know that Topanga had to channel an ancient spirit to get that answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll give you that. I'll I'll give it to you. Um, but Feeney points out that you know they're gonna they have been taught up until this point to seek the right answer, but they should know that in life they're you know the right answer is sometimes that there's no no right answer um and he was like, again this is a very important for you to learn to minkus and i think that this is very interesting for two reasons one we had this entire show that went kind of like not all over the place but it had um a lesson that we didn't exactly see paralleled in um the, you know this whole family conflict, Matthew's family conflict. Oh, I disagree. I well, disagree no, I'm just talking. Entirely. I mean, like it it parallels, but what I'm trying to say is it's separate. You know, we don't have like that in between moment like we did in the last episode. Where oh, co- like where the two stories connect. Somehow. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a these are completely different things, but we we managed to teach 
everyone a lesson you know Corey gets a lesson sean gets a lesson eric gets a lesson minkus gets a lesson and i'm gonna say but we even were able to teach minkus something um and that's to me that's a really great episode when you come back and you're just like oh by the way minkus this lesson applies to you the most yeah and what's interesting too is that as Corey's saying this whole you know uh, I found out that we need to learn to think differently and all that stuff. You know, Feeney says, I, Corey, I've never been so impressed with you. Which was like, wow, that's actually kind of a big deal for Feeney to say that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is. I didn't know he said he's never been this impressed with him. But... Yeah, he said he said something like to that effect of like, I've never been so impressed with you. And, you know, you, you definitely figured out this answer. And I don't know. It was just it was interesting to see Feeney actually kind of enjoy seeing Corey figure this out and be happy for him. And, and I don't know, for, it's for him to actually feel pride. I think that this is a turning point. Uh, like you said, we've kind of turned already, but I feel like this episode particularly was a turning point in showing us that we will be going into more mature topics and that, you know, we have our cast and we know what we want to do and we're, we're not going to be in a different direction. Also, well, the show matures with, the kids and the kids are kind of slowly starting to mature like it's just happening on screen in front of us well that's what i was going to say it's just that it's uh it's not just that the show is pivoting it's the kids are themselves are growing up and we're all going to go on this journey together yeah yeah uh topanga goes did your topanga turns to Corey and asks uh did your spirit guide give you the answer and he goes yeah my mom and it's just like a the boy meets world moment that's the the michael jacobs moment no uh-huh. show uh-huh. uh all right the epilogue has what you said which is that minkus uh figures out that maybe time isn't a continuum but uh just a random repetition Sixth of six grade this kid is in <laughs> Uh, okay uh and we get some fun with that and and that is the episode great episode right yeah you know what again i thought it was really good i thought the comedic timing was great i felt like every person in this cast gave it 100 percent. minkus was fantastic um the only character that i didn't really care for as much was i guess eric but even even his character was fine i get this episode yeah, Eric, I think he's just, he's Eric. Um, you know, I think, if anything, we're seeing more, sorry, we're seeing less and less of Morgan, and I think there's a reason for that. I just think for what the stories that we're trying to tell, uh, her cute... Well, and once once we move from the home dynamic of the first season to, like, the high school dynamic of the second season, there's even less room for her. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I... And I think rightfully so. Um, let's go into Feeny Taught Me, where we discuss lessons from the episode and uh, what's the main takeaway. So where are you at? What, what, what do you got? Uh, I think it's just, you know, think different. Think differently and think outside the box because there ain't always a right answer. Yeah, uh, of course. I, I agree with that. I think it was almost like directly said. I also want to point out that one of the lessons is that, you know, um, sorry, got tongue tied. Uh, one of the lessons is, you know, that marriages take work and that, you know, parents have their own lives and, you know, not everything is as easy as it seems. 
And yeah, maybe the other uh, lesson should probably be um, we shouldn't let our kids take like four city buses tonight <laughs> to downtown Philadelphia. No one let them. To be fair, uh, they put Eric in charge. So, I mean, if anything, that was their first mistake. But they put Eric in charge to make sure that something like this didn't happen. It's not their fault that their babysitter joined in on the stakeout. I, I don't know. I just I feel like there's just a lot more lessons we could have all learned here. <laughs> well, you know what? That could have been a whole different, very special episode. So um... no, Amy <laughs> getting caught with an actual another man would have been a very special episode. It would have, and that would have changed the trajectory of Boy Meets World. Yep, Boy Meets Real World a little a little too soon. Um, you ready to go into grading? Oh yeah, let's do this. All right, what grade are you giving this? I'm going to give this episode a B minus. Ah, I'm going to go same letter, opposite N. I'm going to give it a B plus. I, okay, all right. It earned its B plus in my mind. Um, yeah, I just, I'm really, really happy with this episode. And I think it was a great use of everything. Not quite an A, but it, the the comedy in this episode is just great to me. I, I definitely, the, the I'm a little bit hesitant to, to be too generous with my rating just because I know that this show gets so much better. Not to say that this is a bad episode, but it does get so much better. And I don't want to be stuck to that point where, like, I'm giving, like, an ARB rating to an episode that, like, compared to two seasons from now, might not even get a C. I don't know. But it's it's hard to... Now, I'm learning new things as we rewatch. There may be episodes that I thought were great that are trash, and there may be episodes that I thought were trash that are great. So, I'm, I'm just living for living for the day. Living for the moment. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Thank you guys. Make sure you let us know what your thoughts are. Make sure you give us your grades, your feedback, uh, that you follow us and rate us on iTunes. Um, this has been... Yeah, also, if you guys have ever caught like, your parents having an affair, let us know about it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to turn this show into? I mean, like... <laughs> stories, but... In order to do that, you gotta contact us uh, at Bruh Meets World on all of the things that's... No, 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 no. Leave your personal stories about your family falling apart in the comment section of our podcast, please. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Email us at bruhmeetsworld at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you can find more about me at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. Uh, where are you at, T? Um, yeah, as always, uh, you could do Anna Kendrick retweets at Anna Kendrick RT for really inconsistent retweets of Anna Kendrick's tweets. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know what? Let me just throw a shout out to Lee Norris. I don't know where he is, but find him, follow him. He's wonderful. Lee Norris is actually, he has a role or he had a role in the reboot Girl Meets World and they do it really well. So yeah, just look forward to that. Um, we will see you guys in the next episode. Later, bro. Remember, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. hey, I never forget. It is there for me. You forget. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's why I need you to help me to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so remember to dream, try, and do good. Dream, try, and do good. All right. Later, bro. Later.